Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are so good to us. And Lord, it's impossible for us to know who we are until we look to you and to who you are and to what you have said about us. So I pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds to the truth of your word. Amen. Hannah Douglas is going to read our gospel lesson from John 15 and 16. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send to him you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you from the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Thank you, Hannah. So the question we ask today is this, who am I? Who am I? It's a deep question. It's a very deep question. Psychologists who are way smarter than I am have tried to answer the question, who am I? Uh, but they actually dodge the question. They don't ask, they don't, they don't say ask, who am I? Rather they ask, say, ask the question. Ask the question, who do you want to become? Uh, what would you like to experience in life? They say, don't focus on who you are, don't focus on who you are, but think of what you want to become. And I think this is a cop-out. I think they're dodging the question. They don't want to answer the question, who am I? They say, focus on what you, what you want to become instead. I think they avoid the question because they don't have a very encouraging answer. Without God, there isn't an encouraging answer of who you are. You see, without God, all we are is mammals or a collection of carbon and chemicals with electrical signals surging through our neural system, making our hearts beat, lungs breathe, and brains think. But that's just about all we are apart from God. Mammals or a collection of chemicals and signals. Really, without God, all I am is almost an invisible speck in a really great big universe. Think of how vast and how incredible the universe is. Without God, all I am is almost an invisible part of that vast massiveness. But because I confess the reality of God, not just any God, but the, but the one true God, the God of the Bible, the God who has revealed himself to us in the pages of Scripture, because I know that he is my Savior, I'm so much more, I'm so much more than an almost invisible speck 
in a great big vast universe. Did you know that the God who created this massive universe, he calls me his child? It's who I am. He is my father and I am his child. It's who I am. And brothers and sisters in Christ, that's who you are. You are a child of the King. So today the confirmation class is going to help me with the sermon. This is actually our last lesson from Luther's small catechism. We ran out of time, so I said, hey, let's make our last lesson the sermon. So they're going to help me preach the sermon today. So first of all, we ask the question, Megan, according to the Bible, who are you? Who are you? By God's grace, because I'm a believer and a follower of Jesus, I'm a child of God. John 1.12 says, To all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Did you hear that? To all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to be called what? Children of God. That's who you are. You are a child of God. And the call of the gospel is to believe on the Lord Jesus. And when a person believes in the Lord Jesus, that person is made a child of God. Not an insignificant or almost invisible part of the universe, but a child of God. That's who you are. Hannah, according to the Bible, where did you come from? God allowed me to be conceived and watch over me even before my birth. Psalm 139 says, I pray you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you hear that? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Not an accident, not insignificant. You may have been a surprise in your parents' timing, but in God's timing, you're right on time. That's who you are. Your heavenly father decided your conception. And you are of great worth to God. Of greater worth than you could ever possibly imagine. And I believe that this is the message that the world needs to hear today. I get calls now on my phone. Now that I'm volunteering as a chaplain. And it's amazing the number of people that take their lives. Why? Because they don't know who they are. They don't know who God is. But you're of great worth. God allowed you to be conceived and he watched over you and he's still watching over you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. A child of God. Brought into this world by God's plan. And Abby, according to the Bible, why are you here on earth? I am here to glorify God, my Savior. Romans. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right. Who are you? Or you're, you're a child of God. By God's plan and by God's purpose. And God does have a purpose for you too. And your purpose is to glorify 
your God. That's your purpose here on earth. You're here on earth to give glory to God. Not just on Sunday. And get that, church, it's not just a Sunday thing, but every day of the week and every day of our lives, real worship actually continues as we leave the church building and as we enter into a broken world to be the light of Jesus to others. So we glorify God by our lives. Some people who think that worship is just one hour on Sunday. But according to the Bible, worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of living a God-pleasing and a God-honoring and a, and a glorifying life in God's sight. So first of all, you are a child of God. You were brought into this world by God's plan. And you were brought into wor- this world uh, by God's plan to live a life that glorifies your father. And Sarah, according to the Bible, where are you going? Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, and because I believe in him, I have the promise of eternal life in the presence of my heavenly father. In John eleven twenty five through 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Some people say death is final. When you die, the lights go out, and that's it. But what does the Bible say? He who believes in Jesus will live forever. He will never die. And and don't forget that God never breaks his promise to you. Remember what we just sang. Remember what you've sung at retreats and at Bible camp and in youth group, he is a good, good father. He is such a good father that he never breaks his promises to you. And he's promised you eternal life. Eternal life belongs to you. So he never breaks his promises. You're a child of God. Brought into this world by God's plan to live a life that glorifies your Father. And having the promise of everlasting life. And then last, Nick, according to God's word. How can you be sure of all this? How can you be sure of having eternal life with God in heaven? I can be sure of eternal life because of God's promise to me in the Bible, not because of any promise I make to him. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You get the last part of that verse, that you may know that you have eternal life. Today you can know without a shadow of a doubt, that you have eternal life. And remember this, eternal life is a free gift. Heaven is a free gift. You can't earn it, and you don't deserve it. And also remember this class, that we're all sinners. We can't save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. There's nothing that we can do There are no good works or religious devotion, not even confirmation is a good work that can save you. 
We're all sinners and we can't save ourselves. And God, he loves you. He loves each and every one of you unconditionally. And he promises you that love today. He doesn't want to punish you. But remember this, God must punish sinners because he is a just God. And that's why he sent Jesus. Jesus, who is true God and true man. He sent Jesus to die on the cross, to pay the price for your sins, and to rise again to purchase your eternal life. And we receive the gift by faith alone. And remember, faith, faith isn't just head knowledge, nor is it temporary faith. But faith is what? To trust in Jesus alone. That's something I had you memorized in confirmation. Eternal life is a free gift. We're sinners. God loves us. He sent Jesus, and we receive his gift by faith alone. That's who you are. You're a child of God, forgiven and redeemed. You're a child of God. You were brought into this world by God's plan. To live a life that glorifies your Father. And possessing the promise of everlasting life. And finally, trusting in Jesus alone as your Lord and Savior. That is who you are. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the truth of the gospel. And I pray that each and every one of us would stand on the rock-solid, firm promises of this reality of who you are as a good, good father and who we are as your children who are deeply loved by you. Amen.